All right, Revelation chapter 22, finally. You that's been with me for a year and a half in this book, you say, thank God. No, I hope you're not saying that, amen. I've enjoyed every bit of this because it's about the soon coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see in Revelation 22 the uh, seven sayings. How many needs an outline? Raise your hand. You need an outline. We might be short. It's such a good crowd. Only, only printed about 45, and we might have over 45 families here. I don't know. But uh, if you need an outline, just raise your hand. We got any left? We got any left at all? We got one left? Okay, who's, who's the one person that needs an outline? I want to tell you something. After the night, there won't be no more outlines. I'll be having the outline on the wall, and that'll be in September because I'm taking a break. And I'm not leaving. I'm just going to be down on the front pew shouting uh, for these great preachers. But I want to give you seven last sayings of our Lord Jesus Christ um, uh, in the book of Revelation chapter 22. You know the seven sayings that were on the cross, and, and they're beautiful. Uh, some of them are for mercy. Some of them for family. And we see that uh, some of them were crying out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And so it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful uh, uh, thought about the seven sayings on the cross of Calvary. Uh, one was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That's a great saying, but it's more than that. It's a great reality that because Jesus took your sin, because He took your sin, took your place, you're forgiven if you'll ask for that. Last night we preached at the YDC and they were having a riot. And for 25 minutes we sit in the lobby and I said, I don't guess you get to preach. And all the council said, you know, stay here, don't leave. I wasn't going to leave anyway. And they said, hey, listen, you just preach and, and we won't counsel. I said, praise God, you said, I'll do it. And I took all 30 minutes preached, and we only had seven people that survived the riot or the incident. They called it an episode. shouldn't say it a riot. And uh, thank God two of them got saved. Two of them got saved. And I preached on James chapter 1. Isn't that amazing? And then behold thy son, behold thy mother, John 19. Verily I say unto thee today, shall thou be with me in paradise. Matthew 27, uh, excuse me, Luke 23, verse 43. And today, that knocks out soul sleep. That knocks out purgatory. And by the way, we're going to have a 10-minute uh, audio clip from my good friend Ronnie Brown. He's probably watching right now, wondering why I'm not keeping my word. But uh, it's on Tyndale. And Tyndale was a uh, priest, and after he recanted and he got the Bible, the English Bible, into people's hands, the Catholic Church had a fit. And they wanted to kill him, and they did kill him. But before they killed him, they took glass and grooved out his hands and his, and his feet to get the anointing oil that they put on him out of his skin. And then they strangled him, and then they burned him at the stake for one reason. He translated the Bible in English, and the people, the farm boy, the plow boy, could have the Bible as well as the Pope. Isn't that great? Y'all wonder why sometimes I don't, I don't talk favorable about, or I don't get up on a platform with a Catholic priest in an in a ecumenical uh, meeting. I'll tell you why. They killed Christians for the Word of God. Because they wanted to keep the Word of God, and they wanted to be the hierarchy, and they didn't want the people to have individual soul liberty. That's what that 10 minutes is about. But it's too late, and I wasn't sure we got it, because both our sound bands out of town, not that Brother Joel couldn't handle it, but I just felt uneasy about it, so we're going to do it next Wednesday, if you'll show up. I promise you I'm going to play that, and I don't play sound bites during my message. I thirst, John 19, 28. It is finished, John 19, 30. Father, into my hands I commend my spirit. Luke chapter 23, verse 46. 
But listen to the seven sayings in Revelation chapter 22. And, I, and, he, and he said, I show, I, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Now folks, I believe that the Lord designed heaven for a reason. He wanted to, he wanted to picture something. And I believe this is a picture of eternal refreshment, everlasting life in heaven that flows from the throne of God. It didn't flow from the gutters. It didn't flow from the water system. It flowed from the very throne of God. What a blessed picture that is. When you get to heaven, you're going to see this crystal clear, uh, crystal clear, pure river of water flowing through the uh, heavenly city. And it's going to be clear as crystal, but it's going to come from the throne of God and the Lamb. That's what counts. Amen. Look at verse 2. And in the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life. Now listen to this now. Which bare twelve matter of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. I just want to give you these seven verses for introduction. Folks, we see the tree of life. It's like a beautiful beautiful setting of a river and then this tree of life and we see the, the beautiful uh, 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 picture of, of life that's from the throne of God and it yields her fruit every month. It's not seasonal and folks, everything's alive in heaven. Uh, there'll be no more woe. There'll be no more heartache. There'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more sickness. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be no more uh, uh, death. There'll be no, none of the uh, cr crying in heaven, no sorrow, for the former things are passed away, Revelation 21.4. So it's going to be a wonderful place, filled with glory and grace. And folks, it's all because of Jesus. And I want to tell you something, all this description in chapter 21, it got a little boring to some of y'all because I didn't pronounce these colors right and I probably didn't get the colors right. We're going to have magnificent uh, vision when we get to heaven. We'll see the whole spectrum of color. It's going to be beautiful, scintillating. Sure beats the depths of darkness and hell. Say amen. And then look at verse 3. And there's, there shall be no more curse, but the throne of, it says, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and His servants shall serve Him. And so folks, we see, before I get to this first saying, in verse 7, I see there'll be no more curse. And folks, everything that was blown in the Garden of Eden is going to be restored in this blessed Garden of Heaven. Amen? And sin came into this earth in Genesis chapter 3, but praise God, there'll be no more curse, there'll be no more sin, and thank God there'll be no more Satan in heaven. I don't know about you, but he's giving me a hard time today. He has burdened me so much, I almost didn't preach. That's a burden. All I want to do is pray. And then I wanted to cry. And then I got sick. I got sick because one town's going to have the Lord's name smeared all over the town because of churches that's splitting and preachers run out of the church and all kinds of junk going on that people call me and ask me what to do. I don't know what to do except pray. And then people falsely accuse and, and uh, put in jail in America. Folks, you, you ought to count it a blessing that you're being able to be able to be here. And the reason I wanted to play this tape for Awesome Preach in August, if a man can be strangled to death and burned at the stake called William Tyndale for the, for the English-speaking Bible before the King James, that was the prelude to the King James, at least we can do is read it. And at least we can do is show up when, the, when it's preached. And at least we can do is amen it. And at least we can do is try to live it if somebody died for it. 
And thousands of people died in the dark ages because they didn't want the layman to have the Bible. Some hierarchy said, I'm the only one that has a voice from God, a word from God, and you stay ignorant. Well, that's not God's plan. There is no partiality when it comes to God, say amen. He loves us all, and I believe in individual soul liberty. Amen? You don't have to come through me. You don't have to pray through me. You sure don't have to pray through some pope because they're wicked from the pit of hell. You don't have to pray through no priest. You just pray through Jesus Christ and His blood and by His Spirit. Amen. I'll amen my own self. I'm riled up tonight. But I'm burdened. You ever been so burdened you didn't want to speak? That's rough when I don't want to speak. Matter of fact, I'm so burdened I don't want to eat. But I'll get over that soon, I'm sure. <laughs> Say amen right there. That's real fasting when you can't eat. Folks, I'm going to tell you something. The devil's on a rampage in these last days. If I could only share with you what I know, you would probably just be so burdened you couldn't listen. You'd probably come down to this altar before I finished. But I can't share it because it's so confidential. The devil's on a rampage. He's destroying families. He's destroying churches. And you think our church is exempt from it. Just go ahead and drop your guard and the devil will split this thing and it'll be history and Whitfield Baptist Church won't exist in 10 years. That's right. If you take it for granted, don't pray the devil off each other's backs. I don't know where I got off on that. No more curse, that's where it is. Look at verse 4. And here's the highlight of heaven. And they shall see his face. Praise God. I'm going to tell you something. The devil tries to show his face all the time. The, hey, the world and, and injustice tries to show his face. But when you see his face, praise God, there's a bright morning star. And there's encouragement. There's encouragement. You need to seek his face for revival. You need to turn from your wicked ways you need to humble yourself. But I'm going to tell you why we don't seek His face. We're too interested in our face. And we want to save face. <laughs> Say amen. And we want everybody to look at our face. That's why you wives spend an hour and a half. One lady told me after the service. Her initials is Kathy. Uh, and that's all I'll say. And uh, she, she said, I, you had it wrong about we women spending two hours. I spent an hour and a half getting ready. I said, well, thank God. Amen. She straightened me out. I had two hours. I was stretching the truth. Amen. But some of you ladies take three. But anyway, it balances out. <laughs> Amen. Come on now. Aren't you glad, men, we don't have to put on all this stuff? But I'm not against it now. Praise God. Just don't put so much paint on we can't identify the object. Okay. I'm getting in trouble now. No more curse. No more preacher after this message. But anyway, it says, they shall see his face. It's a lovely face. It's a face that's never two-faced. It's a face that glows with glory and folks with purity. And folks, I want to tell you something. There's no face like his face because his face reflects his heart. I can't wait to see it. Nobody's ever seen his face except through Jesus. But one day we're going to see him face to face. Oh, what glory that'll be. I don't know about you, but I just love reading the Bible. Don't you? And I want to tell you, some, pe some people died that we might have the Bible. Now look at verse... Um, uh, four. It says, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Don't worry, grandmother never spanks. 
But anyway, uh, the, his name will be in their foreheads. You know what that's saying? In heaven, everything's going to be in proper order. Amen. We belong to him. We're not our own. Therefore, glorify God. And when we get to heaven, we're surely not going to be our own. And that's why these cults that think you can work for your salvation are going to be so wrong when they get there and they strut around saying, well, I held on, I prayed through, I was baptized, I took the Lord's Supper uh, or the communion and it turned into the body of Christ and transformed me into God. And, and folks, all that's a bunch of junk because this works. We're going to see Him as He is and realize that we belong to Him. Look at verse 5. I don't think I'll get to the first saying. And there shall be no night there. Amen. Some people are scared of the dark. And it's caught. I mean, it's taught. There shall be no night there. They need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. How about that? It's pure light. And as I preached uh, several weeks ago, when light touches defilement, it's not defiled. It goes straight through it. It penetrates. Folks, light dispels darkness every time. There'll be no devil, there'll be no darkness because he's the light. And thank God for light, amen? Aren't you glad for light? We're going to remodel our auditorium before the 40th anniversary. Lord willing, the creek don't rise and we don't split. We have eliminated this. We're not having pink pews, I'll tell you that right now. And they ain't going to be close to pink. I have a prejudice against pink. I shouldn't, but you know, let's be masculine, men. But I'm telling you, it will not be dark in here. If we replace these chandeliers, it will not be dark. Because I can't stand darkness. Can you? And number two is, I can't see my Bible in the darkness. Praise God, iPads, 18 font, lighted background. Praise God. There's nothing wrong with it. Amen? I can't use it the YDC. They think it's contraband, so they make me keep it outside, so I have to print all my, all my messages. But I want to tell you something, folks. There's going to be brightness. There's going to be light. There's going to be love. And I'll say this, there'll be laughter. I don't know what the youth was up to before Sarah sang, but praise God, they were huddled down here and just laughing up a storm. I thought, glory to God, if you're going to tell a joke, youth, come on up here and tell me about it, amen? If it's clean, was it clean? Okay, good, everybody's shaking, yeah, it was clean, 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 it was clean, straight out, amen? I didn't think you'd tell one in the altar. But folks, it's all right to laugh in church, say amen, it's all right to smile in church. Some people come in, you know, and mourn and groan and they can't, they can't read their Bible and somebody's up here in Latin. That's what Tyndale died for. That's why he, they scraped his hand and got the anointing all out of his palm and he's bleeding when they strangle him. And the Anabaptists was not strangled. They were burned alive. You know what Anabaptist is? We're not baptizing babies. Amen. Now it's just Baptist. I'm glad it's not Anabaptist. Sounds like a movie. Baptist. But look at this. And there shall be no night there, neither candle, neither light. Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Eternity. 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 Folks, I, I, I know we had a lot of color last week. We had a lot of jewels. And that's important. But what's important now is we come to this new paradise and the river of water flows from the throne. And praise God, the light comes from His glory. And praise the Lord, we're there to serve Him. Now, if you don't like serving God, you're going to be a little displaced in heaven because the Bible says that His servants shall serve Him. So what kind of service are we going to do? It's going to be heavenly service. It's going to be effective service. And I don't know what kind of service that is. Some people say that's worship. I think it means what it means, service. We're going to serve God. But it says this, 
And it shall be, and he said to me, here's the first saying, uh, they're faithful and true, and the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. And here's the first saying. I want you to mark it on your outline. Underline it, at least open up your eyes and look at it. Folks, the Bible says, Behold, I come quickly. Amen? He's ending the book. He's su- hey, this is a summation of all summations. This is the greatest book that's ever been written. And he says, I want to just remind you one thing. Behold, I come quickly. Behold, I come quickly. Folks, listen. Jesus is coming soon. And his last message in his last chapter is, Behold, I come quickly. And then look at this. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. So this is not just to get real big-headed. And you know all all the eschatology. And I'll go over that next week. I'll give you the outline of the whole book of Revelation, give you a chart to take home. But folks, that's not the purpose, to get a big head. It's to get a burning heart. It's to see Jesus and to be more like Jesus. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it very clearly. If the second coming and the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ does not change your life, I don't think nothing will. We ought to expect Him. And when you're expecting, your life changes. Behold, I come quickly. Look at uh, Revelation 2.16. You see it in your, in your outline, but I want you to see the verse. Revelation 2.16. The Bible says this, Repent or else I'll come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He's talking about this last church age. Folks, I want to tell you something. It's a message to the church of uh, uh, Pergamos, the church under imperial favor. Settled in the world, compromising. He said, repent, or else I'll come unto thee quickly. I believe judgment's coming quickly. Look at Revelation 3.11. Revelation 3.11. In a, uh, this is a review in essence. But Revelation 3.11 says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold that <clears throat> fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Now, folks, listen to that. There's a crown. And that crown is going to be cast at his feet, Revelation chapter 4. And folks, it's all for his glory that we serve him. And it's all because we love him, we ought to serve him. And so there's a, behold, I come quickly, hold on to your crown. Amen. Some people are tarnishing their crown. Some people are losing their crown. The Bible says you can lose your reward by backsliding or putting other things first. Then look at Revelation chapter 3, verse 16. Revelation 3, 16. The Bible says, So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I'll spew thee out of thy mouth. One reason that we lose our crown, and the one reason that we, uh, excuse me, we uh, will face Jesus empty-handed is that we become lukewarm. And we think we have need of nothing. Folks, we need God. We need God. You need this Bible. You need to read it every day. You need to pray every day. One day this will be taken away from you if you're not careful. And then um, uh, Revelation 16, 15. <clears throat> Revelation 16, 15. <clears throat> There'll be no pollen in heaven either. Praise God. Amen. <clears throat> old saying is Baptist said, y'all spit white, now we're spitting yellow. <clears throat> but amen. <clears throat> y'all get that later, all you tobacco chewers. <clears throat> and by the way, flies won't light on that stuff. Anyway, let's go on. Amen. Uh, Revelation 16, 15. That wasn't in Revelation. Re- uh, 
Revelation 16, 15. All these athletes trying to be cool, chewing their tobacco, and they die of mouth cancer like my granddaddy did. It's not so cool. Amen. It's not so cool to die of mouth cancer. My grandfather lost half his face, and he died a terrible, agonizing death. So I'll preach against it if I want to. Amen. <clears throat> Let's get back to context, though. Let's look at Luke chapter... Y'all say, I wish you would. Uh, Revelation chapter 16, verse 15. The Bible says this, Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest ye walk naked and are seen, uh, and they see his shame. Folks, a lot of people are shaming Christ with their division and their vain glory. Oh, I'm telling you, friend, we need to, we need to, we need to praise the Lord. Let me just skip on back to chapter 22, verse 10. Another, behold, he comes quickly. Revelation chapter 22, verse 10, real quick. The Bible says, <clears throat> And he said to me, Seal not the sayings of this prophecy, uh, of this book, for the time is at hand. The time is at hand. Folks, listen. Uh, let the unjust, let that is unjust, let him be unjust still, and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still. Hell's a filthy place. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Heaven's a holy place. It's a harmonious place. It's a happy place. Folks, heaven's wonderful. It's filled with glory and grace. And so we see, behold, I come quickly. That's a message of the last book of the Bible. Number two, blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Verse 7 says, Behold, I come quickly, and blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. There's seven beatitudes in the book of Revelation. I'll cover this and we'll go. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, there's a blessing. I want you to look at it. You know, when did we start this study? A year ago? September. September 7th, we started this study. Two years ago, or a year and a half ago. What is the day? August, almost a year ago. Look at this. It says, Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of the prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. So folks, on the last chapter of the book, he's saying, listen, blessed is he that keepeth. That means obey. It means guard the faith. Live it. Walk it. And then a verse that I share at every funeral I preach. If you don't want me to preach your funeral, uh, I won't mind. But if you ask me to preach your funeral, I might read this verse. Besides Ecclesiastes 7, 2, to the lost. It says, Revelation 14, 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the 11 o'clock service. No, which die in the Lord. From henceforth, yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow. You don't preach a man's funeral, he preaches his own. Your works follow you. One time a man was preaching a great accolades about a guy in the casket and finally the wife just had all she could stand and she elbowed her son and said, son, go up there and look in that casket and make sure it's your daddy. <laughs> Probably wasn't appropriate. But I want to tell you something, folks. We need to keep and we need to establish uh, some obedience in these last days. We need to walk steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We need to labor because our labor is not in vain. And I want to tell you something.
when I was chaplain of the Southeast football team for four years or five years, thanks to Kenneth Harris talking me into it, every Friday night staying up to midnight. And we had some rough years, didn't we, Brother Alex? But praise God, I'm going to tell you something. Those boys played their hearts out for ball. I mean, I remember one time I went down to Cass, and it was, there was mud knee-deep. They even got my shoes muddy on the sideline. I said, great, day, this is, this is extra duty. This is warfare, praise God. I got my shoes dirty. White tennis shoes then, not pink ones. And I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something. Every fourth quarter, they'd do this. I thought, man, what is this? You know, four fouls and you're out. And it was saying, fourth quarter, suck it up. Fourth quarter, suck it up. And they did. They might not won, but praise God, they gave it everything they had. Amen? And I want to tell you something. We're in the fourth quarter. We're, we're in the last days. So help me, we're in the last days. So help uh, the furtherance of the gospel. We're in the last days. If you don't believe we're in the last days, look at the signs of the time. They're everywhere, and they're pointing to the second coming. And how much closer would the rapture be? Amen? Famine, terror. Wars, rumors of wars, malignant disease without cure, pestilence, false prophets. Good night, I never think, I never would have thought that America would be taken over by foreign false prophets. I'm talking about cults that believe in killing other people to go to heaven and, wor and, and worship with 70 virgins for the rest of their life. Fastest growing cult in America is Islam, besides humanism. 1,500 churches that preach the Bible, or, or, or say they preach the Bible, closed their doors last year. We're in the last days. We're in the last days. Folks, there's another blessing in uh, Revelation chapter 16, verse 15. Did I read that one? 16, 15. I want you to see that. It says, Behold, I come as a thief in the night, and he that washes and keeps his garments, lest he walk naked, and they, they see his shame. We can shame the Lord in these last days, or we can be blessed. And then verse nine, chapter 19, verse 9. Chapter 19, verse 9, the Bible says this. It says, And he said unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. The Bible is the true sayings of God. This prophecy is the true sayings of God. And we ought to keep it because there's a blessing. The six Beatitudes is a challenge to us to keep, to obey, and put into practice what we hear. It's a principal truth. It's teaching of the revelation of what? Jesus, not of what, but of Jesus. And the more you see Him, and the more He's revealed to you, the closer you ought to be like Him. One more, please. We'll, we'll finish the... Chapter next week or last Wednesday before awesome preaching August. Number three, the last seven sayings, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according of his as his works shall be. Look at twenty-two, Revelation chapter twenty-two, this last chapter, verse twelve. I want you to see this real quick. It says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Sunday morning, I'm going to preach on faith without works is dead. You're not saved by faith, but you're saved to, to work. And your faith works. You're justified before men by works. Let your light so shine before men. So we shall stand before God. It's what this last chapter is saying. 
Look at Romans chapter 14, verse 10 and 12, and we'll go. Romans 14. I can't keep your attention an hour and a half. Look at this, Romans chapter 14, verse 10. I love this chapter, but I love this verse. It says, But why, but why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You know, who appointed you judge and jury of everybody's life? One day we're going to stand before Jesus. And you better judge your fir- yourself. Now, I believe it's all right to fruit inspect. Amen. And I don't mean judgmental, but I mean, hey, listen, if you don't see the fruit of a Christian, you need to be concerned that they're not a Christian. Amen. And if they, if they don't have the fruit of holiness, you better be concerned about them being scourged and chastened every son whom he receiveth. God knows how to get a backslider's tension. Amen. That's why I preach hard and visit every week. Please come back to the will of God. It's not to pad our little number in Sunday school. It's to keep them from the judgment of God. Folks, you don't live like you want to. You live like He wants you to. And just because you're saved forever is not a license of sin, but it's a license to love God and live for God. I want to give you one more verse in this beautiful chapter. Romans 14, 12. Romans 14, 12. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. There's a lot of Pharisees in the world today. They're trying to give account to everybody else. But what we need to do is we need to realize that every man will give account of himself unto the Lord. That's the last chapter. These are the last verses. You know, I believe the Lord was going to say something. I remember when my daddy died. Man, I wanted to get down there. We was in the storefront. Had nobody to preach. I finally called Tennessee Temple. And said, give me a preacher. And they sent down Bruce Howler, and he preached on, where's the beef? I'll never forget that. And we're dear friends, and uh, or we were friends before that message. But uh, no, we're, and, uh, <clears throat> and I remember I got in my car, and I drove down there as fast as I could. I scared Connie half to death. Jason wasn't scared. He was only eight months old, maybe nine, ten months old. So he wasn't telling me how to drive. She was. And man, we got down to Cab General Hospital, and I'll never forget when I got up that third floor. I just left him the night before. And Gene, my brother-in-law, who's now with the Lord in eternity, he waved his hand like that. I knew what, I knew what was wrong. I knew I'd missed his last words. And I wanted, to, I wanted to hear my daddy's last words. I wanted to be there to hear my daddy's last words. You know what his last words were? Was read, read me the book. And five godly black nurses in Cab General Hospital started singing "Amazing Grace" in a beautiful harmony. They said, "I'd love to hear it." And they began to read the twenty-third Psalm to my daddy: "The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want." And it got down to. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because thou art with me. And folks, listen, a shadow don't hurt you. And folks, death's not an experience that we should dwell in. It's a passageway. I don't go up to Chattanooga to dwell in the tunnel. 
If I did, I'd be a dead man sooner than I thought. Say amen. I don't go up there so, hey, Jason, let's go up there and go to the tunnel. No, I go through the tunnel to go to Park Ridge or Erlanger, or if I'm going the other way, Krispy Kreme Donut. I mean, you're going through the tunnel, amen. You're going somewhere, say amen. Let's preach now. It's a passageway. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Shadows don't hurt you. Shadows has no teeth or claws. And folks, listen, the reason there's a shadow of death, because this chapter emphasizes it, there'll be no need for light. Because Jesus is the light. And you can let this heathen world tell you Jesus is not real, and you can let this world tell you that all this is is heaven, and all that you're going to get is what you get out of life. But I'm going to tell you something. It's a lie from the pit of darkness. Jesus is real. After all, where did you come from? Who gives you breath? Who gives you a brain better than any Mac, Apple, or Dell computer that's ever been invented? You got more memoram, and you don't crash much. Got a better eye than a, any telescope. I'm going to tell you something, God's your creator. and Don't you ever forget it. And the way to be in union with your creator is come to Jesus and get saved. And one day you'll pass through the valley of the shadow of death because Jesus is the light at the end of the tunnel. Don't you love what Revelation talks about? That He's the light. He's the water of life. He's the vitality. And we'll see his face and blessed the blessing of it as he said he that keepeth the sayings and the prophecies of this book and behold I come quickly and my reward is with me and give every man according as his work shall be we're going to give account of the day from the day we got saved to the day we die or the rapture takes place we're going to give account and the last message of this book is Behold, I come quickly, and you're going to give account. I'm glad God gave me the warning. Because a lot of times in college and in high school, high school I didn't study much, in college I caught up. I was glad when they said, tomorrow we're going to have a test. And that's when this old boy stayed up late at night, catching up. There ain't going to be no catching up. But the Lord is good enough to say, Judgment's coming, and you will give account. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word, and thank you, dear God, for this last chapter. Such a blessing. Such a bright and glorious chapter. And such blessed sayings of our Lord. Seven pungent statements. Lord, we'll get to the rest of them next week, I promise. But dear God, we need to watch, and we need to wait, and we need to look, and we need to love, and we need to serve till you come. God, help us not to get discouraged. It's been a discouraging day. God, help us not get so burdened we ain't no good to anybody else. Lord, help us to listen to what you're saying. And Lord, we thank you that you're the I am and that you're coming soon. 